You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Get up and leave during the auditorium, and it's, it's just one thing. You don't really think anything that bad, but just watching cars just drive down the road while you're standing here, it's like, wow, that right there has got to be the absolute uh, biggest thing happening during preaching. No, I understand all what needs to happen during people leaving and coming and going, but when I saw it, that was, that was something new for sure. I don't know how a pastor does this and how uh, he looks forward uh, to this, but he just looks forward to being as much as we can together. And of course, uh, the message that he's been conveying, uh, of course, isn't one that's coming from uh, the Sacramento. It's coming from just his heart, looking at the hospitals, looking at people that are, are truly uh, getting this this virus, this, this disease, this illness, and getting hospitalized. And uh, his greatest concern is the members, is the just the people of the church. And so, uh, if you can understand with him, uh, he is definitely going back and forth as to what he would want, but just making sure that just the overall health and concern of our members of our community, that, that is his priority and it's definitely been known and that's that's where he is. He just wants to make sure everyone is, is safe. So I know this is unusual. We're in our cars and I'm thankful that this hasn't always been the case, uh, but definitely just as different things have been elevated during these times, uh, that's where he is. And so we want to look I'm gonna just this is gonna be a, a great morning uh, we'll see what happens this is a little bit uh, different normally than how it would be done normally I've uh, anyways we're so glad that you're here this morning we're gonna get right with the service at 95.5 if you don't have your radios tuned there you can if the speakers are loud enough for you amen uh, but we're gonna get started I don't believe it to be long and we'll just see what happens. And you bear with me, please, and and I'll bear with myself. Because after I finish, you you leave my presence. I'm stuck with this the entire my entire life. So I'm I'm here with myself all the time. Let's go ahead and uh, take our Bibles to Matthew chapter 25, and we're looking here. Lord, help us, please. And there. There we go. Matthew 25. We're looking here at the different times of when God's appearing will be. Can I, let's do that right there. Perfect. So in God's appearing, Matthew chapter 25, we're looking at the different times that God will come back for us. And just want to segue into this whole uh, lesson into just an illustration. It'll put me at ease and it'll put you just still behind the wheel of your car. And so the year was 2000, 20 years ago. I was just a 10 year old child. Maybe some of you were still adult, teenagers, kids, not even born yet, wherever we're coming from this morning. But why 2K? Do you remember that year? Do you remember the, the hopes, anticipations? For me, it seemed a little bit heightened, even though I wasn't aware of all the news going on. You can kind of see the reaction, maybe a little bit of fear from your parents. Uh, I remember uh, it's Washington State. It didn't snow all that often. Not every year we got snow, uh, but that particular year, Y2K, 1999, we did get snow. And I remember my my dad just saying how much of a blessing it was. We we were able to buy a little bit extra groceries for fear of the world truly ending. 
and that we would be left on our own to eat. And I don't all know what was depicted. I just was a 10-year-old child, but I know what we had done uh, leading up to Y2K uh, on the, the week of Christmas, December 26th, 27th, 28th. Uh, we bought a little bit extra uh, food, some carnation milk uh, that goes in the cans. That stuff is awesome. Uh, we bought some uh, just some jugs of water, some extra milk. And then, you know, the fear was this is all going to go bad. And then the snow came and it was like a, a 10 year old's dream. I just dug a whole bunch of snow pits and we just buried food in there. And that's what I did as a 10 year old uh, leading up to Y2K. Everything that we had from the fridge, we put it inside snow. And it was, it was odd. It was weird. It was what was going on. The world was going to end, but now our our uh, $112 of groceries is going to last us until uh, the next month, until we all just die around in a fire. I didn't know what was going to take place, uh, but that was what was depicted. It was the time. And you know what's kind of fun and kind of neat about that? You look at that. Well, it was, you know, for people to say, well, God's going to come back or the world's going to end. And we go with all these years that just make sense. The year 2000, it was an even year. It was something brand new and exciting. It was all, of course, the, the turn of a, a brand new era. And so there was, it had to have been that the Lord was going to come back or it had to have been that the world was going to end. Remember again, 2012, all these different things, the Mayan calendar now is going to end, but there's all these different, uh, down in San Francisco that I believe the man passed away, but he made some predictions. I might've been 87. Some of you would know 88, somewhere in between there, uh, but when God was going to come back. And so it's, it's funny enough that we do make these predictions oftentimes. Uh, but here looking at the, at the passages that we're in, we're going to just study uh, the wrong time and looking at maybe what our minds are set, maybe because of our nation, maybe because of the news, maybe just because of, of what we've been told or, or how we got brought up in life. Uh, and not necessarily looking at, uh, but that's just the title there uh, that we want to look into, just looking at the wrong time and hope it will be a blessing, a help to you, and that it will be encouraging and that we'll have something to build our faith on to help us sustain in the Christian life today and as we go forward. Lord, we thank you so much for this wonderful morning. I pray that you just would bless. Would you uh, just speak through me as it's definitely a unique setting. It's something that I have never been uh, been involved in. I pray that you just would help uh, the different people that are, are watching Lord live stream and also uh, inside the cars. I pray that you just would uh, speak to hearts truly in a way that, that only you could do, Lord. Uh, and this uh, person standing behind uh, just this plexiglass pulpit. I pray, Lord, I'm feeble. I, my mind's scattered. Uh, lots of different distractions for a person that normally is often very distracted. I pray that it would just be you that is seen. I pray that it would be you that uh, speak to hearts and that you just work mildly in our, or in our way, please. In Christ we pray. Amen. So going back to Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44, we'll read a couple of verses and we'll just go through it uh, a little bit verse by verse and then look at some other passages and you just follow right along. Give an occasional honk if you want. I know if you have some kids in the vehicle, that definitely must be must be hard. I, I'm there with you having some, some kids there. Uh, and so we're going to go through it. Matthew 26, 34. 36, 24, 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. We're going to get back to that verse later on towards the end of the service. 
but talking about how only the God, only God knows, only the Father, only uh, for uh, as it goes on to what's going to happen when they come back. Some will be eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, uh, just like the day of Noah entered into the ark, and they knew not the flood came. God's using that analogy there to also talk about his coming back and how it was a time uh, at hand. Then two shall be in the field, verse number 40. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what, uh, in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. And praise the Lord, we have hope today. We have hope that God is coming back for us. So today, the title, The Wrong Time. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it tells us, I have it here, if you guys Trust me, I have it also on paper. I'm going to, that's going to happen a lot. So I'm going to do this. And here it is, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. Don't start singing a song on me now. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast stones away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war in a time of peace. There is a time for every season, the Bible says. Creation, the way that we look at the Bible from Genesis through Revelation, it all tells a story of time uh, that we sometimes can actually start going around. And though, of course, it makes sense, creation is the beginning, Revelation is the end, and throughout the middle, all things flow to it. And that, that makes very logical sense as we read the Bible. We are people of time, especially being in America Oh, how we love time. We Time tells us everything we need to do in life. Uh, we put a timer when food should be done so we know it doesn't get overcooked or, or not cooked well enough. We have times of when the service will begin and we expect people to be on time. Time definitely runs our nation. It, it runs us. And it's not also, it's not the fact that in the world, though everyone has time, everyone has that same 24-hour day uh, in America and also in the other country that comes to your mind. Uh, my my wife is Spanish, did a couple different, not only one trip to Mexico, uh, but they will tell you time is very different than how we view it here. People just show up whenever they're ready to show up. If you go to a, a birthday party that may be Spanish in nature, I guess that would be called a Spanish birthday party. I've been to a couple of those, and it really is that people... It get started at three and there might only be 10, 12 people there. And then by about an hour later, when you're ready to get out of there and nothing's happened, now 30 more people show up, 40 people show up and it's ready to go on all night long. And you got just a great time there, but Time to them isn't the same how we view time. Uh, the Bible talks a little bit about this as well. We, we see here that uh, the Bible tells us to redeem the time. It tells us in uh, uh, Psalm 90 verse 12 uh, that our life, 
or 90 verse 12 is teach us to number our days. So we learn all these things that the Bible tells us. It's something, time is a commodity that we, we don't, we, we have to take value. We have to take, we have to take into captivity of our time, but yet time doesn't run out. Of course we have time that it dies, but we're not in a constant panic that we're not, we're not going to have the next hour in front of us because we know the next hour is going to pass. Obviously, if the Lord be willing, if he does not come back for us. But yet we, we look at time, there's time management. There's all these different things on how to better our time in life. Uh, God tells us uh, to, to watch out for in Psalm 144.4, man is like vanity. His days are a shadow that passeth away. Now we're talking about the brevity of time. But yet we, we, we think that uh, we see another verse uh, that uh, long length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee so we have all these different things the word time inside the bible and scripture it alerts us to be mindful of time uh, we know that of course it will come to an end uh, but we don't have a haste uh, that even though time is limited we still get plenty of it if you, if you know what i mean if you live to be 70 years old that's a long prosperous life we still have lots of life uh, that is lived and so today we're looking at the, the time of Christ appearing when he comes back for us, his, his glorious second coming. And we're looking at the wrong time. In America, time is what runs our schedule. We know that we need to be up at this time. We know how long it takes us from when we leave the house to get to work. We have all of this stuff factored into our daily life. Uh, we know when things should end. We know when things should continue to go on. And so today there's two types of, of time mentioned. There's, there's a little bit more, but two types of time that we're going to really look over today in the Bible uh, is chronos, uh, Greek word chronos. And that literally means how we think of time. It means chronological. It means in, in sequential order. It means like a clock or a calendar. Uh, the calendar time today is November 29th, and it is exactly 1139. Some of you are watching your clocks inside your car, wondering how is the best way to get out I have a hybrid car. He won't even know if I leave when I go that way over there. But we, we all watch uh, time. It is something that we know. So we have chronos. That's quantitative. It can be added. It can be measured, if you would. Uh, just like uh, in Jesus' birth, Herod calls for the wise men in, in Matthew and asks what time the star appeared. When he asked that question, he was wanting a specific time and date. When did you see the star uh, for Jesus' birth? birth. Uh, Bible mentions many times in the ninth hour or times like that or early in the morning uh, throughout the scripture. We see that and that helps us in our mind. Sometimes we may not know what the ninth hour is or these different times, how, how biblical times are. It kind of may get a little bit confusing, but we also understand that to the, to the ability that we understand how time works. It's what runs our life. The other word for time is called kairos, and it is qualitative. It means something special, and something important is happening right now. At the right time, something important will happen. You know, a great way to look at that is, is roughly when a, a baby is born. You, you don't know the exact time and hour when that baby is going to be born. Sometimes it's after the due date. Sometimes it's before. But something special is going to take place 
at the right time, at the kairos of time, something is going to come to be. And this word kairos is actually used twice as much as chronos in the Bible. But when the fullness of time was come, Galatians 4, 4, God sent forth his son made of woman, made under the law. When the fullness of time was come, God sent Jesus to us. Not at the chronos time, at the qualitative time, at this something special, at the right timing of God, God sent Jesus. Ephesians 5.16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And that what, what that means is to make the most of every opportunity, not just talking about it's 2 p.m. I'm going to redeem 2 p.m. right now. No, it's to make the most of the time that we are involved in. And no, some of you may we know that we see that we sense that. What happens in our American culture is time is it's it's valued. Now, sometimes you say, well, I know people that they don't value time. They make us wait. And then we can get irritated at someone that shows up constantly late for items and for things. And we understand that no matter what we want to talk about, it is still the way our world works, the way our nation goes. It goes on time. I mean, look at how many time zones there are in our nation. It's unbelievable. Uh, just you fly to one state and you lose three hours and all of that factors in and to our other, we have the missionaries over uh, the the missionaries I was just here. You know who they are. They're great people of the Lord. Uh, but those great choice servants, their, their faces are in my mind, but not their names. But God bless them right now as they travel, maybe even at a church speaking. Uh, but those missionaries were here at our church eating. Uh, they're at our house eating lunch. And what he said to me in Uganda, he said, well, the people there, they don't really worry about, about saving for their end of their life because they have only two seasons. They're right on the equator. They have a sunny season and a rainy season. And just like how we, the, the 401k, a retirement for a Uganda person, that's just foreign. They don't think of a retirement. They don't think of something because they know they're always going to have that seed time and harvest because they have two seasons. Whenever it is sunny, they're going to be pulling up the, they're going to be pulling up the crop. It's going to be time for them to start eating and gathering and saving it for the rainy season. And of course, when it rains, they're building back up their crop. So they get two crops a year. So they never go without food. So why would they need to save for retirement when they're 70, 80, 90 years old? They're always going to have what they need in order to live life. Now think about that. Wouldn't that be neat to have no worries of 30 years from now, just to know that you're taken care of because your basic needs are met? But we have so much going on in our mind based on retirement, 401k, our savings, our family, our kids, our health, uh, our housing. All those situations come into play, and I believe they should. But you look at different parts of the world, and they're not so caught up in this thing called time. So the wrong time, and a case in the Bible where we maybe in more of our, our uh, Western culture civilization get a little bit wrong is Matthew chapter one. It ends with the birth of Jesus and then it picks back up with Matthew chapter two, the wise men and going to see the child. And at this point, Jesus is no longer a baby. And I know some people, brother Al Ludwig is one of those particularly uh, that he will get frustrated if he sees the nativity scene with the wise men there. And I know it may look picturesque to have the wise men there, but biblically, it wouldn't be the right timing. The wise men never came when Jesus was born. They traveled when they saw the star. And it took roughly about that, that two-year mark when the Bible says the young child was there when they presented him the gifts. And so the funny thing is, we look at that, maybe we, we, we comment about that. 
That's exactly how our minds go. Uh, we read from one chapter into the next and our chronos or chronological mind just plays out what makes sense because for us in America, it all makes sense just to have the next hour repeating and go so so forth and so so long and so forth. But we see scripture sometimes, it's not caring about the chronos side of time like how we care about. It's caring about the kairos side of time. What is something special, the quant- the qualitative, what is about to happen, not necessarily, so what it's the, it cares not necessarily about the timing, but the right time, if you know, if you know how to make that make sense in your mind there, and so you guys are listening great, you're doing good, I hope this is a joy to you as we look at the different time, but we're getting back to, thank you over there, thank you, thank you, so as we concentrate much on the chronos, that we, we can concentrate so much on the chronos part of time that we miss the kairos part of time. A great illustration that this happened to me on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. What happened to us, uh, my wife was preparing that turkey and we had a great food, great feast. The family came up from San Jose and we enjoyed it wholeheartedly. But how, here's how we can get mixed up in our timing. I was having something on the grill and it wasn't really getting up to temperature. It wasn't going the right way. And so it was a little bit disheartening because the other food was, is, it was actually done and we were waiting on the meat in the, in the smoker and I kept going back and forth and I was so worried about the timing of the food, of the meat, that when I came back inside the house, I looked around. There was joyous music going. It it was Christmas music. The family was there having a good time. My precious little kids were playing some board games with my wife, uh, my my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. They were all there in the room. It was a great time. And you know what my spirit was? I was going back and forth, inside and outside, worried about the time of the, the cook that I missed the special time that was happening right in front of my very eyes. And what we can do as Christians, we can be so worried about maybe just it's my time to read the Bible in the morning or it's my time to get up and pray to God. And that's, we should have a time. Listen to me, please understand what I'm trying to say here. We have times, we need that time. But what happens is we're just so focused on just this time that we give to God or this time that I'm running out to check the, the, the dumb smoker and pull it at my meat that I'm missing the precious moments of life right in front of me. I get up to read my Bible in the mornings and what happens is it's my time. It's when I flip through a couple pages of the scripture. But what I'm missing is the time with God, the kairos, something way more important than just 6.30 in the morning or 9 o'clock at night. It's way more important than just the time of life. It is that special time that when we wake up and we see that is what I want to spend time with God. That is how I want to grow my life, see my family being raised in front of me. I want to have more of that time and not just read through the Bible just because it is <clears throat> the time of my devotion. And that is that is what we're trying to get through today. Uh, what we love is just to put everything in chronological order. I don't know if you're like me, but if I read a passage of the scripture, uh, Mark has a couple different things. Jesus is on his way to do something. And then another story kind of pops up and it just throws my mind sideways. I just trying to find out, okay, where does this story fit in Jesus's life? But then I realized that's, that's my 
my, if you want to say, worldly mind, my fleshly mind. That's my, my chronological mind just trying to make sense how I want it to make sense. But that's not how the, what God is depicting it to make sense for me. God's not just trying to put events in order, just say this is one, two, three. God's trying to tell us something great. Is when the fullness of time has come, what God is trying to say is, don't be so worried about what's going to happen next in our clock, in our calendar. Be more so worried about what is happening in God's kingdom, God's eternal kingdom at that right time. Meaning, we're going back here to Matthew chapter 24. God is saying, no man knoweth that time. No man knoweth that hour. We get so held up on maybe today the Lord will come for me. And I praise, I prayed God that it would be today. But we get so held up on God coming back on a certain time point that we miss living for the kingdom of God right now and, and each and every day that we, we miss that because we're maybe focused on other things in life because of our chronological mind. Uh, and so going through here, you guys are listening great. We're going we're gonna to tie it all in and we are going to be driving home and getting some lunch right on time. And so here we are. And that's once again, the way we can't, even though we can, we can, we can pick at it, we can accident, we can chop it away. It's still what runs our life. It's that time. <clears throat> but <clears throat> going back, I'm going to have one story and we're going to be done. I promise you this, uh, Galilean wedding traditions. Here's the analogy. Here's the story. It's really fascinating. Uh, didn't realize this did, uh, more so watched a documentary and then read a couple of articles on it after I watched that documentary. It was so fascinating. Uh, just found it interesting, uh, of Galilean times and especially the Galilean wedding traditions. And so what would happen in this Galilean wedding tradition, which if you recall, uh, maybe some of you, you, it's, it was confusing to me, but in Galilee, two-thirds of the New Testament, two-thirds of the gospel, excuse me, two-thirds of the gospel takes place in Galilee. So if we don't know too much of their customs and cultures, we really miss a lot of what Jesus was saying to his disciples, which were Galilean. Most of his miracles took place in Galilee. And a lot of it, then of course, he would go down to Jerusalem. He did a couple things in Samaria. But Galilee, the top part, is where he spent much of his ministry ministering there. So two-thirds take place in there. And in verse number, uh, or chapter 25, if we're in Matthew 24. We're looking at the time of the Lord is at hand. And then Matthew chapter 25, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So here we have Jesus telling another parable. And for us, maybe in America, maybe you're like me, it didn't, it didn't really make sense. It didn't click. But hearing this, this tradition of the Galilean wedding, it really just was pretty awesome. Gave me a little bit of chills and just some goosebumps as we start seeing what the traditions were and seeing what Jesus' parable as he spoke, how it would make just better sense to the, Gal to, to the people here of the New Testament. So in the wedding tradition, it was very common for the father, once the, the son, the, the bride and the groom would be, would get engaged, betrothed there, once they would get that, it was uh, very common to, uh, in order to say, I would like your daughter, I would like you to marry me, they would have uh, grape juice, a glass of wine there, just like in the Passover when Jesus had uh, the, the elements and talking about his body. They would take that juice and as they drank it, it was just sending the confirmation uh, that that was what they understood it was a big price uh, back then, biblical days, though every person did a lot for their family. And so for someone to leave to go to another family, they were definitely, they were missing 
intrinsically intrinsic value not just of course the love of their daughter but all what she was able to do for that table uh, for that family to help them provide to help them get food to help them make clothes etc and so they would uh, celebrate that that drinking of the juice there and it was a, a time that would actually say the price has been bought it would it was a time that they were actually taking on uh, that engagement it was how the engagement process started much similar to the Lord's Supper then it would go on to say uh, that only the father of the groom so the the groom would get engaged and he would go back to the father's house and it was very common to make a separate room and an, an add-on and addition a remodel if you're in construction brother Aaron's over there if you would remodel onto a house to make a separate addition my house growing up my dad is constantly remodeling that even to this day he's always been adding something new to that house my wife goes in I can't even tell her that this is where my room used to be because my room now or my room growing up is now my my mom's shoe closet and so it has been changed around into so many different things my dad has remodeled it but here the the Galilean wedding tradition once that groom got engaged he would go back to his house to his father's house and they would begin to remodel it and the building codes just like here in California they sometimes if something was done wrong it would obviously damage the in, in structural integrity of the building and so that father was kind of almost like the the county supervisor only he could give that permission that the building was up to code what we have built son is now fine sometimes he would think it would be okay but then you look at another area and it would have to change and so it wasn't quite ready for the for the for the uh, groom to go get his bride only the father would know meaning only once he had all the blueprints there once he looked at everything and said okay it looks like it is structural it is sound it's going to stand the test of time then he would go to tell his son it is time you can go ahead and get your wife and many of the times tradition would go it would be at a random hour in the middle of the dark of the night and as we read these passage this is where the goosebumps starts to happen because as Jesus tells this this is just isn't foreign as we read it for the Galilean people listening to these parables it is completely making sense because it is their time and culture of what is happening in that day and age uh, as Jesus is speaking it and it was also during that time it was typical for the uh, the groom to be building for about a year to two and during that time just to let his wife know that he still loved her he would send back many different acts of kindness uh, to remind her of his love uh, in different ways the shapes that that would be that that would be for and how how many of you are so glad that even though God is not here coming back for us right this very moment we have a brand new day his mercies are new every morning God gives us his love he bestows upon us each and every day so though we don't know if he's coming back this very second he gives us those great blessings confirming his affirmation of love for us and then after the couple uh the, the the house were to be ready then what the bride was to do so she would never miss and i read one verse of verse 25 but you can look at chapter 25 it's up to i believe uh verse number 10 no verse number 13 that parable of jesus and the ten virgins and the lamp what would happen is the bride was always to be ready for the groom because they didn't know when the groom would come they didn't know when the house would be ready for the the groom to come and they would get married literally that that night they would have their celebration and their feast so the bride would literally be sleeping 
in her wedding dress. She wanted every day, if the groom were to come that particular day, she wanted to be ready for them. The oil and the lamp, in case it came at nighttime, they wanted to have the, the, the oil full, the lamp full of oil so it wouldn't be dark. And so here's the, the, the bride. Even though she didn't know if that night was the night that the, the groom was coming, she would sleep in her wedding clothes. Can you imagine that? That would be an awful tradition if we still had that today. Sleeping, my wife's wedding dress, sleeping in that, that puffy thing. I wouldn't want to be sleeping in a tux either. Uh, but here they have that tradition. But think about the, the split side of it. That is we as the bride to look for, to look for, uh, to be ready, anticipating God coming back uh, in the middle of the night. So much to say I would be sleeping in a wedding dress waiting for God to come back for me right this very moment. Is that how we are living our life for God to come back? And so then once the father finally said, looked at the room that was add on and said, okay, it's ready. Go get your bride. They would come through the town halls with the shofar, which was a giant ram's horn, and they would blow it in the middle of the night. Now, contrary to popular belief, at 2 a.m., people blowing trumpets going through the halls, many people would get upset and have a gun ready to shoot somebody. But this time and day, they actually came out full frolicking around in the middle of the night, so excited for what was going on. Much of what, when Christ comes back for us, when the Father says, uh, son, go get your children. And when we come back up in the, in the midnight cry, that's going to be the celebration when we are caught up with Jesus, when we hear the sound of the trumpet. And so today, we can become so focused on what time it is that we miss all the special time around us. Titus 2.13 says, Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That word looking for literally means to await with confidence or patience. And so today, we don't know if God's going to come back today. And don't get so held up on this is the day, you know, as far as the chronos part of the time. But are we waiting with confidence? Are we awaiting with patience? So much as to say we have the dress, the, the wedding dress that we wear each and every day, hoping, anticipating that it is today, making sure everything is fully ready for God to come back. Or are we just kind of missing the importance of the time because we're so focused on the next deadline, the next thing that we have to do? It's easy to do, especially here as the nation just continues to move on. But today, just a a, a simple thing is we do know that Christ is coming back for us, but may we just be caught up in God's love and the time, the fullness of time that he will come back for us and not just in these deadlines, not just in what has to take place because of simply time restraints. And so I pray that it was a help and a blessing to you, but may we truly be awaiting with confidence God's return because he is coming back. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, but it will be soon. So God is coming back. Maybe be waiting with confidence for his appearing. And let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much just for this morning. I, th- I thank you just so uh, to speaking to my heart and to seeing some of these traditions that would take place, Lord, and, and looking at the study here, the word study of the word time. And so often uh, we get the wrong timing, Lord. Uh, we get so focused on uh, just the, the hours of the day. And I know that is important. I know that's how really what runs the life. Uh, but I pray that we would look, Lord, a little bit more of what the scripture looks at, which is the Kairos part of time, which is just a time frame 
uh, that is qualitative, Lord, that is talking about the right time. I pray that you just would help us as Christians, help us just as, as church members, help us, Lord, in a in a busy, chaotic time. Lord, it's an unknown time. Help us not to be so focused on just uh, the day that is at hand, Lord, but more so to be focused on just your appearing and to be focused, Lord, on on the times that you have given us right in front of our very eyes uh, to where Brother Jordan as he prayed uh, just a little bit after the offering time uh, to realize that, Lord, uh, we are to be living in a, in a time and place, Lord, uh, that, that we would be taking seas and taking captive of the very day that you have given to us. I pray today that we would live in it, Lord, that we would fully harness uh, your power, your love, your greatness, your goodness, and may we truly extend that to one another, to our own family, to our neighbors, Lord, and to each and every person that we come in contact with. Uh, we love you so much. I pray that you just would bless and guide, Lord, and prepare. I know it's a little bit unusual, of just the type of service. Some are listening online. Some are inside their cars. I know we have a couple of visitors here as well. Uh, what we're going to do right now is we're just going to pray. The offering is going to play here. Uh, we'll call it a moment of invitation. But I'm going to ask you just to pray inside your cars. Pray inside your homes. Uh, just that you would be truly anticipating God's return. That you would uh, await with confidence the Lord's appearing. And not get so caught up in just the time that is always going by. So as the panel plays, just a moment, a verse or two. BBC4me.org That's BBC, the number 4, me.org May God bless you.